Welcome to the fourth episode of the second season of the American Opioid Podcast. If you just started listening, you'll want to start at the beginning. More information is available at www.americanopioid.org. Last time, Marjorie's son, Matt, had just overdosed on pills that she had left out. Let's find out what happens next. Marjorie pushed her thumb against her son's throat, trying to feel a pulse. She held her other hand just in front of his mouth. She felt the warm breath from his exhalation, so he was still breathing. Thank God. But his pulse was feeble, and his breathing shallow. She shook him, trying to wake him. Matt? Matt! she pleaded. He did not stir. His ghostly pallor made her sick to her stomach. Marjorie dashed outside and banged on the door of her neighbor Amelia's trailer. When Amelia opened the door, words tumbled out of Marjorie. Matt, he's sick. He took a lot of pills, I I don't know how many, and he's sick. Amelia's eyes widened, and she followed Marjorie back to her trailer. He's still breathing, Marjorie said. But, but he won't wake up. Amelia knelt and examined Matt, just as Marjorie had done. She looked up at Marjorie. Not good. We should call 911. No, Marjorie exclaimed. Upon seeing the quizzical look on Amelia's face, Marjorie hastened to explain. Child Protective Services was here recently, and if they catch wind of this, they'll take him away from me. I know they will. I don't understand, Amelia said. Kids get into the medication of parents all the time. It's very common. Look, just no police, Marjorie said. Please, no police. Amelia saw the distress on Marjorie's face and decided not to push it for the time being. Well, what did he take? She picked up the vial of pills, studied the writing on it. This is an opioid, right? I'm pretty sure it is. How many pills did he take? I don't know, Marjorie said. He took them when... when I wasn't looking. Okay, Amelia said. So he needs an anti-overdose drug. Marjorie tried to remember the name of the drug she had been given in High Falls, in Cheryl's house. Naloxone? she offered. What's that? Amelia asked. I think it's the name of a drug that can treat opioid overdoses. Oh, okay, Amelia said. How did you know it was called that? Um, I read about it in an article somewhere, Marjorie said. She tried to change the subject. Anyway, where do you think we can get it? Are you kidding me? Amelia said. We're living in a trailer park in South End, 
Somebody around here is bound to have it. They started going door to door and asking for it. After four doors, no dice. Then they approached the trailer where a boy in a wheelchair loitered out in front. Hi, Benny, Marjorie said. Is your mother home? Yeah, she's home, Benny said, with a pouty face. A woman with dimpled cheeks opened the door. Oh, hello, she said. What brings you here this time of night? Hi, Beatrice, Amelia said. We were wondering if you have any naloxone. Beatrice's eyes narrowed, and she pressed her lips together, which brought out the dimples even more. Why? Why do you want to know? Someone had an overdose, and we need it to save his life, Marjorie said. Okay, Beatrice said slowly. And who is this person? Why does that matter? Marjorie exclaimed. Because, Beatrice said, I don't trust anybody. What made you come to me and not someone else? We've been asking everyone, Amelia offered, trying to relieve the tension. We're just trying to help the person who overdosed, and we would appreciate it if you happened to have the overdose treatment. Yeah, my mom has it, Benny called out. I had to use it on her, and she still tells me I'm useless. Shut up, Benny, Beatrice shouted over their shoulders. She turned her attention back to the two women. Okay, you can have it. But before someone ODs next time, just go down to the drugstore and pick it up. Wait, we don't need a prescription or anything? Amelia asked. Nope. New state law, Beatrice said, as she wandered to a cupboard, grabbed it, and came back. Anyone can get it, and anyone can use it, no questions asked. They think it'll save lives, even if it makes people more careless about overdosing. But God bless them. So many people are moving to heroin now, after the crackdown on easy access to pills, and they're overdosing everywhere. I saw someone passed out at the dollar store the other day, Just lying there, like a dead body, Beatrice said. Marjorie waited in agony as Beatrice pontificated. All she wanted was the naloxone, but she feared that pushing Beatrice too far would set her off and cause an even longer delay. Beggars could not be choosers. Marjorie's restless gaze wandered from Beatrice to the inside of her trailer. The setup was not that different from Marjorie's own a small couch, coffee table, outdated television. Marjorie's eyes randomly fell upon a dirty plastic bag tucked into a corner, a bag that looked vaguely familiar. Suddenly, Beatrice shoved the priceless object into her hand and shut the door in her face. Seconds later, the two women rushed back to Marjorie's trailer. Yeah, go, 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 Benny shouted, then whooped. Save that life! Inside Marjorie's trailer, Amelia squinted at the instructions. Hurry, Marjorie urged. She was too jittery with nerves to handle the device herself. Patience, Marjorie, Amelia murmured as she read. Okay, I think we need to spray it up his nose. She positioned the device under Matt's nose and depressed the lever. 
Marjorie heard a hissing sound and saw tiny, barely visible droplets fly into Matt's nostrils. One endless minute, then another. Amelia repositioned the device and depressed the lever again. More droplets. She pressed it a third time, but nothing happened. She sat back. I guess we just wait, she said. Matt's eyes snapped open, and he bucked up toward Amelia, colliding with her chest and bumping his head against her shoulder. He gulped for air, in and out, almost hyperventilating. They gripped his arms and shoulders to keep him steady. His eyes, glassy and dazed, scared Marjorie. He always looked so focused, even when he was daydreaming. But he was awake. The unnatural hue had faded from his complexion, and his cheeks and neck were rosy red from his respiratory efforts. He was awake, and he was alive. Marjorie cradled him in her arms and sighed with relief. Marjorie, Amelia said slowly, I think we need to talk. I've been thinking for some time that you need an intervention of sorts. Okay, Marjorie said. She knew the conversation would not be pleasant, but she did not mind. She had her baby back. Marjorie, when did you lose your job? Amelia asked. How did you know? Marjorie asked. It's obvious, Amelia answered. It's obvious, Amelia answered. Everybody in the trailer park knows. They gossip about you. People see your car return here after you drop off Matt at daycare. You stay here a lot of the time, and when you do drive off somewhere, there's no consistency to it. No one with a steady job could have that kind of flexibility. Oh, Marjorie said. Nosy neighbors. Also, Amelia said, someone saw you at that pill mill, the one in the bad area with all the gangs and drug dealers everywhere. The only people who go to that clinic are addicts. Now that's where you're wrong, Marjorie said. I can't be an addict. No way. Everything I've ever gotten has been with a prescription, signed by a doctor. Well, she thought to herself, except for the Vicodin and the fentanyl patches, but there was no need to bother Amelia with such details. Amelia laughed. Really? That's how you see it? So many heroin addicts in this city started off with prescription painkillers after an accident to treat the pain, but they kept taking them after the injuries healed. I think that's what's happened to you. Your car accident was months ago, and I doubt you still feel any neck pain. So, what are these pills doing here? Unable to maintain eye contact with Amelia, Marjorie shifted her gaze to the vial of pills on the floor, which had slipped from Matt's hand. The vial that had almost killed him. I was prescribed these by a doctor, she repeated. How could doctors knowingly prescribe pills that turn people into drug addicts? It makes no sense. Are you saying that we can't trust doctors? Amelia snorted. 
I knew something was wrong when I complained to my doctor about my carpal tunnel syndrome from all that typing at work. Next thing I knew, he jotted off a prescription for some really strong stuff. I took one pill and thought, wow, this is too much. So I treated myself with home remedies, mainly sandwiching my hands and wrists between heating pads on a regular basis. The pain went away, and I forgot about the pills. Eventually, I threw them out. Then I mentioned all that to the neighbor two doors down while we were chatting one day. You know, the guy with the scraggly hair and the goatee. And he just blew up. I'm talking legit angry. He said I could have made a bunch of money off of selling them. He said he could have sold them for me and taken a cut. At the time, I was like, what is going on here? And you know something? I didn't want to say it, but I might as well. The pills I was prescribed looked exactly the same as the ones laying on your floor right now. The ones that almost killed your son. So, to make a long story short, no, you shouldn't always trust doctors. Tears trickled down Marjorie's cheeks. She knew Amelia was right. She knew it because at the precise moment Amelia mentioned throwing the pills away, Marjorie herself felt a surge of anger. She herself wanted to throttle her friend for such a vile act. I'm an addict, Marjorie whispered. A doctor prescribed me some pills, and now I'm an addict. It's good you're finally realizing it, Amelia said, smiling sadly. Half the solution is admitting that there's a problem. What do you think I should do? Marjorie asked. First thing, ask for help, Amelia replied. I remember reading somewhere that there are things you can take that'll cut down the cravings, that'll give you a fighting chance. Start by doing some research. Don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. She stopped, got up. Anyway, I'll see myself out, so you can let everything I said sink in. Amelia went to the door, then turned back. And if you find yourself struggling, remember that you're also doing it for your son. Marjorie tried to think about what to do next. This was a pivotal moment and she did not want to lose the momentum Amelia had jump-started. Amelia was right. Knowledge was power. Marjorie diligently took out her phone and searched for drugs that could help her wean off of opioid medications. As she did so, a new ad temporarily diverted her attention. Our groundbreaking app will help to reduce your dependence on opioids while preserving your confidentiality. Download for a free 30-day trial today. Intrigued, she almost tapped on it before she remembered that it was an ad. Then she suddenly looked around. Why was it so quiet? Her eyes searched for Matt, and she gasped when she saw him sprawled on the floor in the kitchen, his eyes shut and his mouth hanging open in a silent scream. She scrambled to him and began jostling him. Wake up, she begged. Please, please wake up. Matt let out a groan, 
then opened his eyes. Why did you wake me up? he signed. Marjorie took her hands off him, breathed a sigh of relief. Everything's fine, she signed. I'll take you to the bedroom so you can sleep better. After tucking Matt in, Marjorie resumed her research. There was methadone, which was proven to reduce cravings for opioids. Two specialized clinics were in South End. Curiously enough, not a single methadone clinic was in High Falls. When Marjorie arrived the following morning at one of the South End clinics, she understood why. Many of those in the lengthy line bore the visible marks of undergoing trying times in their lives. As they shuffled along in their light jackets and faded jeans, she walked to the back of the line and joined them. The wait was over an hour long. At last, she was inside, speaking to a receptionist. She submitted her insurance information, jotted minutiae onto a form, and was told to wait until she was called in. The nurse gave her a small plastic cup filled with a reddish liquid. She gulped it down without questions, puckering her lips as her taste buds encountered the saccharine concoction of strong medicine. So, how long does this last? she asked. For the rest of the day, hopefully, the nurse said, already prepping for the next patient. Marjorie blinked. I don't understand, she said. If it just lasts for a day, what do I do tomorrow? You'll come back here, the nurse said. We open early, at 4 a.m., so you'll be able to get to work on time. The physical cravings that continuously gnawed at Marjorie seemed to lessen a bit. Just a bit. Wait, she said. You're saying I need to come here every day? Every single day? That's right, unfortunately, the nurse said. If you make progress with your addiction treatment, you can have a limited take-home bottle. We need to protect against diversion, people selling it, abusing it. You'd be surprised at how many methadone overdoses we've had in this city. You know that white rapper, Eminem? He overdosed on methadone because he had too much of it from the wrong sources. It is an opioid, after all. Later that afternoon, Marjorie sat in her trailer, watching a movie on her phone. She was nearly halfway through the film when it hit her. No restlessness. No physical cravings. She could actually concentrate now. She started to laugh. I feel great, she announced to no one. She whooped, pumping her fists in the air like her son sometimes did for no reason. Marjorie had her life back. After picking up Matt from daycare that evening, she invited Amelia over for dinner to celebrate. I'm so happy for you, Amelia said over bites of beans and chicken. I'm happy for me too, Marjorie said, winking back at Amelia. She had not felt this playful in a long time. Marjorie turned to Matt, who was now trying to wink at her. He was not good at it yet, and his other eye kept closing too. Copycat, Marjorie said, sticking out her tongue. Matt stuck out his tongue while simultaneously signing to Marjorie. What is he signing to you? Amelia asked. He just signed, 
I can't close just one eye, Marjorie replied. Too hard. Both women laughed. A trickle of dread seeped into Marjorie's consciousness. She gathered herself, tried to act like everything was normal. But it wasn't. In the next episode, Marjorie is forced to make increasingly high-stakes choices that will not only affect her future, but also her son's. Join us next time on American Opioid. <laughs>